Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when they can no longer send iMessages from their Android phones. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On the show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. And we got to start out by talking about Beeper. That's it was not long-lived. Yeah. It, <laughs> they really tried. You know what? I'll give them credit for that. They tried. They succeeded mm-hmm. for a little bit. I think right now it's partially working. They're trying to get it up again. Uh, but, you know, that's... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole a whole thing. But it is very impressive yeah. that they got it to work at all. Very impressive. I, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, as a technical accomplishment, it is certainly a very impressive one. However, as a business model, highly unlikely. Cause okay, the problem is even if they keep outsmarting Apple, right, and they keep figuring out ways to make the service work. It's always just going to be a game of like, yay, Beeper's back up and working and I can message my friends for three days and then it's down again. And it's like, okay, if you had a messaging service that was constantly, you know, coming back to life and then dying and then coming back and then dying, it's not practical. Yeah, it causes problems because when the service is down, the messages are obviously not being delivered, but they're also just getting lost. And then the problem yeah. is like in order for the thing to work, for Beeper to work, it registers your phone number as an iMessage phone number, which means that if anyone with an iMessage, you know, anyone with an iPhone or whatever tries to text you, it's gonna always go through iMessage. And if mm. you know their thing is down, then their thing is down. So it's like, it's very like, you can't trust it. You know, even if it were free, you still can't really right. trust that it's going to reliably deliver your messages. And they're charging, I think, $2 a month, which if it worked, you know, fine, totally fine. But but yeah. given how it's been going, uh, it, it, it's too much of a gamble, I think. I agree. I mean, think about how many Reddit posts there are going to be from from like people who are were like, my girlfriend dumped me because... She, she sent me all these text messages, but I didn't see them because Beeper. And she was like, what the hell is Beeper, babe? I don't know what you're talking about. Why aren't you reading my texts? And I tried to explain that they didn't come through because Beeper was down that day. Or how many people are going are gonna to use that as an excuse? They'd be like, babe, I didn't see your text that I was supposed to bring cheese. I, the Beeper was down today. And then she's going to be like, no! I'm, I saw on Twitter that it was up today. You got my text. Like, that's just not a way to live. <laughs> that is actually kind of funny. I didn't think, like, use it as an excuse. That's like, I don't know. Maybe that's worth $2 then. To, you know, you always have an excuse in your back pocket. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You could, you know what? I totally changed my mind now. This is the best messaging service ever. You can get out of anything, all right? Your mom texts you and says, you have to come down and put away the dishes. Sorry, mom. Beeper. I didn't get it. Easy. Your 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 yep. your principal your principal texts you. They're like, you're expelled. You're out of school. You're gone. Sorry, didn't get it. Doesn't count. 
Yeah, then they have to like legally let you stay in school if you didn't get the yeah. text message from your principal. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. Yeah. That's the law. Yeah. Read the law, yeah, yeah. okay? That's how it works. Yeah, we know, we know. So, so yes, very impressive. I read like it was a, a high school student apparently who reverse engineered the iMessage, I guess the protocol or at least like, you know, the services and the endpoints that, that, that iMessage was using. And it was like a high school student that did all of that. And, and that was like the underpinnings that Beeper used to get this whole thing to work. So that's like, it's impressive that anyone did this, but especially like a high school mm -hmm. student. Very, very impressive. Yeah, no, that's honestly... <laughs> I bet you, if anything, Apple is probably like, hey, you know what? This was a great way to get a tip about a loophole in our iMessage system. Yeah, that's true because like they patched it very quickly and they patched it very well. Like people were saying, oh, even on, you know, old versions of iOS, like old phones with old versions of iOS, iMessage still worked, but it was just beeper, just beeper that didn't work. So mm -hmm. whatever, yeah, it was some loophole, I guess. And I, Beeper supposedly found a way around it, at least for their like cloud service, which does not use the, the, the Mac trick. There's that trick where you really? have like a server farm of Macs and you sign in with your Apple ID. That's what nothing tried to do. And that was like a whole, uh, a whole drama oh, there yeah. because it's not very secure. But apparently the Beeper cloud does not do that apparently it does the same like direct iMessage thing and they got it up again or something and they're trying to get beeper mini up again i don't know so maybe there's a way around but you know like we said it's a cat and mouse game and i think it's interesting like the closest thing i would compare this to would be jailbreaking right jailbreaking was constantly a cat and mouse game between apple and the developers to find different uh you know exploits or whatever but i feel like the real difference is that jailbreaking was never like a product or a service it was you know something that like people did for fun or to you know have a challenge or whatever and they released it you know always for free uh you know to the world for people to use and i feel like if that's how it were that's you know presented that's one thing but to present it as like a product and a service uh, when it's going to be this cat and mouse thing. I, I don't know if it, if it really works. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. If it were open source like a jailbreak tweak, that's one thing. It's, I don't know, man. I just think, I just think what we really need is iMessage for Android officially. Because I honestly, I know that there's been for at least the past like 10 years, this debate internally at Apple of like, okay, do we open this up? And I legitimately believe that if Apple made iMessage, like maybe even a subscription service, like, you know, you can get Apple Music on other platforms. If you could get iMessage on other platforms, I think the calculus would probably end up working out in their favor because people would probably, oh, like imagine this, right? You get iMessage, but it doesn't have all of the deep integration that you would get with an iPhone, right? There's certain things mm -hmm. that are just features of the iPhone that really only make sense on the iPhone. So maybe you can get, uh, you know, blue bubbles and, you know, the benefits of RCS and like, you know, you could get maybe a 65% iMessage experience, right? But if you wanted to do stuff like maybe the tap react would be only iphone or or maybe 
you know, like memojis and stickers. And not that I don't, I don't think that's a huge deal, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Like little stuff like that would only be on the iPhone. And then Apple could get some money from the Android people, but without sacrificing the whole exclusivity of the iPhone iMessage. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like definitely the 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 iMessage apps. Uh, not that people really use them, but like that right. would definitely be a thing. Definitely the stickers and emoji, like you mentioned, that could easily be, you know, something to to lock away. I mean, there's like some little things, like if someone sends you a link in iMessage, it'll show up like in Safari, like in your uh, shared with me or something. That was like a relatively new feature. So like that's obviously an iOS or or Apple specific thing. You could definitely, yeah. however, get most of iMessage on Android, theoretically. Will Apple ever do that? I mean, we're getting RCS. RCS is a pretty decent amount of Android, right? It's like better group chats. It has like typing indicators. I think it has maybe red receipts. I'm not sure. But like it's a decent amount of iMessage. I wonder if RCS is enough. I guess it's the end-to-end -end mm. encryption is kind of missing. But like as far as the features are concerned, maybe it is enough. I don't know. I think the biggest issue, like semantics aside, the one thing that would, you know, fix this debacle is the green bubble group chat. Mm -hmm. If you could have the benefits of the blue bubble group chat, that would kind of settle all the complaints. Because, I mean, there's there's a reason why in most other countries group chats are typically on like telegram or some other third-party messenger but in the u.s we have this almost globally unique uh trend if you will of just stock messaging app group chats because iMessage group chats are phenomenal you know with the names with with icons with the the reply structure that they introduced a couple of years ago like there's a lot to like about it. And that's the whole reason that this green versus blue bubble debate is annoying uh, is because when you have a green bubble group chat, it just sucks. You know, there's always one person out of seven. It's on Android. And then everyone bullies them because they ruined the group chat by making it green. And all of the features are broken now. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, there are other there's like other minor considerations like, you know, media quality. If you're texting someone a picture or a video or whatever. But the the majority like the the biggest thing is definitely like group chats. You add one green bubble into the group chat and and suddenly it's entirely green, you know, like you said. So that's All the big thing. Loose. And I think RCS uh does resolve maybe not all of those things, but it definitely makes yeah group chats better so you know maybe maybe it will be enough but uh but but i guess i guess we'll see whenever this happens yeah. and i'm very curious to see how iMessage will grow and evolve with vision pro because vision pro apparently is coming sooner than i at least expected remember back in wwdc they said early 2024 and we were all kind of like oh yeah okay apple early as in like may 29th that's the latest that apple considers early but then yeah. today i don't know if you saw but mark german 
said that they are internally targeting January. I saw the tweet from Sam from Apple Track. I didn't read the details, but I but I heard about that and I was like I was kind of shocked to to hear yeah. that. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I am also extremely like that literally completely stupefied me because I was like, "Whoa, hello." Um since when is that going to be a thing? Like think back to the Apple watch. That was the last time Apple did like a major product reveal. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, that was uh, announced during the iPhone event in 2014. And it came out in the March 2015 event, the same one where they introduced the 12 inch retina MacBook. Funny enough, they introduced a, a great success and a terrible failure at the same event. Yep. That's really funny. But yeah, it's like, it's weird because if it's coming in January, okay, we have 20 days left, 21 days left in in December. And December's, mm-hmm. you know, holiday time, lots of people, you know, going on breaks, whatever, whatever. And then like you come back in January and I feel like, I feel like there's got to be some like build up some lead up to the launch. Like they said, it's going to be a whole thing. Like you don't just buy this thing. You like go to the Apple store and it's like an experience for it to be like fitted for you and you get the right lenses and the right, you know, size and whatever. So you got to like reserve that. That's like, it's a whole, I feel like there would be a little bit more of a, of a build up to this instead of just being like, okay, everyone's back. It's, you know, it's January, it's the new year. Boom. Let's, let's start launching. I mean, great if they do, but that's why I'm surprised. I wonder if they'll have a Vision Pro delivery event where uh, Tim Cook will like come out and uh, a procession of Vision Pros will get passed down to their future owners like the Cybertruck. That would be that would be pretty fun. That would be I would I would pre-order to 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 get, you know, potentially get into that event. Yeah, I mean, but that's a good point that you bring up all joking aside. You know, we don't really know how you roll out a product like this. And to your point, I think it's unlikely that Apple's just going to say like, okay, it's available now, pre-order Friday, shipping next Friday, and then it just shows up at your door. You have to get fitted. You have to try it out. Like, we also heard today that they're uh, they're starting employee training. Uh, So the retail employees are going to have to be trained in like, presumably, what the heck this is and how to sell it and how to like demonstrate it to customers. But the the exact wording that German used was that they are aiming internally to get it out the door by January. And then he expects to see a release to at least occur before March. So that gives us about a two month window from now, which is way I, I was legitimately, I was thinking April. Yeah, I was thinking if they say early, early to me sounds like Q1. So right before March 30, however many days there are in March, before the end of March is is what I was thinking. But I was thinking it would be obviously closer to the end of March, like probably sometime in March. April, April is a good guess too. Sometime around March or April. January, maybe they're saying out the door means that they're starting to ship them to stores and then maybe February or March is when, you know, you can actually start getting an appointment to, to, to get it. So that makes maybe a mm. little bit more sense, but still that's it, it. At the very least, it's great to hear that they're 
sounds like they're on time and it's not going to get delayed or anything like that. Like, that's great to hear. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hearing, Noah, that that when you go by an Apple store and you see a whole store full of men that look just like you clamoring over these Vision Pros because the augmented reality is so complicated that you go in, okay? Yes, you do. Yes, you, you go do. in. See that that Vision Pro? That's $34.99 out the door, okay? <laughs> that is an expensive product and you are gonna want it, I promise, okay? I haven't eaten since I got here because I've spent my whole per diem on Vision Pro. Oh yeah, the more complicated the Vision Pro is, the more expensive it is. That's how it yeah. works. There's this new one coming out that's $7,500 because the augmented reality is so complicated. I really want that one. <laughs> we'll see if anyone knows what 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 we're talking about. I'm going to be keeping an eye on the chat to see if anyone gets that. We're not going to acknowledge it. We're just going to keep going. And if somebody gets it right, then I'll, I'll give you a high five. I'll send you a dark mode t-shirt. Ooh, yes. Yes. I need <laughs> to do that. In fact... Yeah, should we do another round of email harvesting? Sure, let's do it. It was fun Hell last yeah. time. So, yeah, the last time before I moved, I had a couple of things. I had a Mac Pro, a PC, a couple stuff that, that needed to go. And I asked you guys, hey, send me send me an email. Give me your shipping address and I'll and I'll send you uh send you something. In that case, it was the couple of things that uh that i needed to get rid of there was a black macbook a cheese grater mac pro today unfortunately i don't have any of those although they were broken so it's not like you missed anything crazy right mm -hmm. but we do have genius bar goes dark t-shirts from our event this summer we have a couple of them left so if you want one go ahead and send an email and this is you can do this if you're listening too by the way send an email to oh i didn't i don't have it as a banner i'll put it to luke miani business at gmail.com wow, banner so official i know it's uh, it's business you see it's and i'll put it in the totally chat too sounds legit not like a scam no not a scam at all i'll send you um supplements and it'll boost your generic performance that's all we'll say performance on a yes. test could be maybe i'm not saying anything specific you gotta you gotta send an email that's how you find out that's how you find out so yeah send an email if you want a shirt and also i'm gonna be smart this time because last time we forgot to say put your shirt size in the email if that you will... don't we're gonna <laughs> send you a random size and it's literally yeah yeah, we'll send you something totally random if you don't put the shirt size in there. So send me an email, put wherever you want this shirt shipped. If you want it sent to your enemy, we're happy to do that. I'll send it sure. whatever it says in the email and whatever size it is, boom, it's going out. We got a few of them, but look at that. We got some emails sent. Look at that. This is great. All right, good. We can. Uh, we have our work cut out for us tomorrow. Yes. We sure do, but you know what? It'll work. It's fine. You guys are gonna love them. They're good shirts. I have a couple we of them. We think you're gonna love them. Wow, what an amazing shirt. 
Uh, anyway, I so with this latest news on Vision Pro and something else that you guys are going to see on the channel soon, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I am so excited for Vision Pro. Like, this news got me thinking about it because honestly, it's been so long since it was teased that it doesn't even feel real anymore. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, in a month I could actually have this thing? That's sick. That's a good point because like after – yeah, like when it was first announced, it's like, oh, this thing's so cool. Oh, but I'm not going to get it for a long time. And now I feel like it's just faded. You know, like Apple will bring it up at the events. They'll say like, oh, we have Vision Pro launching. You know, we think you're going to love it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like it still it, – it felt real when they announced it. Obviously, you know, it was it was the big thing that they announced. But now just thinking like, oh, it's going to actually be real and you can actually like – go to an Apple store and like try it out. Like I am I know. very excited and like extremely curious to see what it's going to be like to actually try it on. Yeah. Cause, and, and, and we haven't even had any like real organic usage. Everything has been like, we haven't really had footage from real people using it. Even, you know, I know a couple of other creators who have had the chance to try it and, and they've described it to me, but they haven't been allowed to show the experience to, you know, maybe screen record whatever is happening on the screen and, and show it. Like there's a lot that we don't know about this thing. And I, I am so excited. I mean, and to your point, you mentioned an event, right? We, they're going to have to have an event for this, right? They can't just, they can't just say, Hey, it's out now. Go ahead and order it. There's going to have to be an event. That's a good point. I wanna, I'll come back to that in a second, and I'll just say even for the creators that you know, and we had, you know, what was it? We had two creators on Genius Park Goes Dark that got mm -hmm. to try it out, and they told us about it. But even then, you know, that was highly controlled environment yes. by Apple. They, like, weren't allowed – weren't they, like, not even allowed to, to stand up or they weren't allowed to, like, move around or something? Whatever. It was, like, very – I don't know if that was true, but it was like a very controlled uh, mm -hmm. environment that they that they were in. So to get first of all, you know, to 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 for anyone to have a true experience of trying it like in their own home or in their own space, but especially for you to try it yourself, because it's one thing to to, to hear about it, but another thing to actually experience it. It's you know, it's gonna be, you know, that that's how you really that's how you're really gonna know. You're not gonna know if someone yeah. just tells you. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I mean, that's part of the challenge with selling virtual or mixed reality or augmented, you know? it It's not easy to communicate the experience of using it. When you show a phone, it's very easy to do that, right? You can show the screen and the screen looks like a screen. But when something is in three dimensions and you're trying to communicate that in two dimensions, it's very challenging. So you can imagine that they're going to have to focus extremely hard on, on leveraging the, the in-store brick and mortar retail that Apple has as a means to get people a firsthand experience. Like people like us, we're gonna buy it sight unseen if we have to, right? I'm gonna, I, I will do anything to get my hands on this. But a lot of people won't be convinced 
until they actually try it and they see it and they can then say, oh, that's what this can do. So that's the challenge. Absolutely. And I feel like for me, so I agree. You're like, you know, you're going to buy it sight unseen. Obviously, there is no question mm-hmm. about that. I am planning to buy one. I mean, I don't I, I think I, I definitely will. But like, I don't know when you see those those videos, like the, the promotional videos that Apple did or the demo videos and you see you know, like they're watching a movie and it's like, you know, a big screen surround or especially like uh, when they're using like apps and there's like the multiple windows and they had like, you know, they're sitting at the table with their keyboard and, and mouse and there were just a bunch of like huge windows all around them. It's one thing to see that in a demo video, you know, in a, in a third person or even a first person view, but with like a fully, uh, you know, you're fully detached. It's like an actual camera that's filming it is perfect perfectly stable whatever versus like actually having the thing on your head and having like your windows around you like it it looks so cool but how is it actually Mm going to be it might it might be better than we think it might be not as good as we think but like it's so hard to even imagine what it is unless you try it out so i agree with you that that's that's the the challenge for them i suspect that there will be a benefit to the way that they've done this. Because obviously they're using cameras as a pass-through to the screen because the technology doesn't exist right now for us to have a truly transparent experience the way that they want it to, right? There's a couple of augmented reality devices out there like the X-Real and the Vitcher sunglasses, uh, not sunglasses, the Vitcher mixed reality. And both of those use actually a very similar technology to the heads-up display that you might have in your car. Basically, it's a normal screen with a prism or some means of reflecting it up so that it appears to project on the environment. That's how... That's how it works when you get into a car and it has, you know, your speed projected in front of you. That's how those things have a transparent screen. You're not actually looking through the screen because the screen itself, it's impossible to make a transparent display on a mass-produced scale with current technology. But the benefit of having it be a camera feed going to displays and then all the post-processing happening afterwards is that I suspect Apple will have the ability to just screen record it. Like from your perspective, it'll probably be locked to what you're seeing. It would be a little challenging to figure out how it's going to portray the eye tracking. You know, like if you look off, you know, way off to the side outside of the bounds of a screen recording, But I do suspect that Apple will make that possible because that just means that making content and reviews and demonstrations possible will actually be viewable by normal people who don't have a Vision Pro. So that's going to be a big thing. Yeah, I think definitely in terms of like, yeah, showing it off in content, also just like, you know, in the App Store listings, like showing, you know, 
showing screenshots or especially video like they're like you know some apps have video trailers in the app store like you know how do you how do you show your thing off this is a good way to do that uh but i think i mean i don't know it's just i i really want to see because from what we've heard from other people and i guess you know this is where it is helpful like my one of my concerns is like this thing needs to be rock solid with the motion tracking if you have Mm -hmm. like imagine you have your monitor in front of you and every so often it like shifts around slightly i feel like that could be enough to really throw you off distract you you know annoy you whatever like if you're gonna have these virtual screens these huge virtual screens they have to be rock solid so that no matter how you move your head how quickly whatever it has to work and it sounds like from people Sounds like that works. It sounds like this, it's rock solid. It sounds like the video feed uh, is rock solid and, and they're not getting dizzy or anything. But like, so that's where the, you know, the testimony can can help, you know, for, for questions like that. Like, is this thing, you know, capable of doing what it needs to do? But I really want to see it to believe it. I want to experience mm-hmm. it to believe it. I think you're right. And there's there's so many questions about the experience i mean we're, we're looking at here's a comment your eyes are so close to the actual screen what's the pupil degradation rate you know there there is a concern for like anything that is virtual virtual reality at the moment you do kind of have eye strain eye fatigue and and more so than the eyes just the weight of the thing like how long can you actually use this thing how how are you going to how would we integrate it into the things that we do every day can i edit my video can i sit in there for two and a half hours and just edit a video on it like it's very very interesting there's there's other questions like will vision os get annual os updates like other apple hardware i would assume so i don't see why not um and there's other concerns like eric here saying look how fast the original ipad became outdated Apple does have a history of the first generation products being pretty weak. The Series Zero Apple Watch, that was pretty bad. The first gen iPad, the first generation iPhone, the original MacBook Air was terrible. Like, that's a valid concern, especially for something that's $3,500 out the door. Yeah, oh, and no one got that. No one, no, at least no one said in the chat. So sad. Disappointing. Uh, But... But yeah, I mean, definitely the first gen product uh, question. There is like, I mean, whatever. This is like such a such a such a cool product and such like, hopefully, such an important product for Apple mm-hmm. that like being there from the beginning and having the first gen is is you know hopefully going to be worth. It. I don't know. I mean, I had the the original Apple Watch. I returned that thing. It just wasn't very good. It seems like. At the very least, it seems like this, uh, you know, Vision Pro is going to be much more capable than the original Apple Watch or a lot of these first-gen products were. Although, you know what? If this is the first-gen product and things are going to get a lot better really fast, like, I mean, that's exciting because look at what we're already getting with the first-gen. Like, it looks like a pretty cool product. And if that's going to, if that's what its legacy is going to be, that means that the that, that the Vision Pro two or three or four is going to be like you know on a totally other, totally higher level. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Uh, it's it's just so interesting to be at the precipice of this 
new unknown category. I mean, you're talking about Vision Pro 3 or 4. We don't even know how Vision Pro is going to affect what we desire. Like, what do we even want from a tech device after Vision Pro? And, and, and I know some people are going to probably think, maybe not in this chat, but overall, if, you, if you're like freaking out about Vision Pro, people are probably going to say, oh, VR has been here for ages. That's, it's not that special. But it kind of is, though. It kind of is that special because this is, it's a different approach. It's a more, it's a more enmeshed approach that gives you that experience that it's not necessarily completely different from what you can do on your Mac, right? When, when, the, when we had the reveal keynote and we were live streaming it, the chat was going crazy with people being like, I could do all of this on my iPhone. You know, it's just iMessage. It's just, you know, it's like an external monitor. Like this, this isn't new stuff, but it's not necessarily about doing new stuff. It's about a new way of doing the same stuff. That's what Apple does really well. The iPhone, same thing. It's, it was literally, it was a phone, an iPod and a web browser with like a GPS. Nothing crazy or insane. Didn't even have an app store. You couldn't rearrange the apps. But it wasn't about those features. It was about the way of doing them. And that's why I'm so excited about Vision Pro. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a new... I think each product that Apple releases, or each product category, I should say, mm-hmm. there are some things about it that are like new things that you couldn't do before. Take the mm-hmm. Apple Watch. It has, you know, health. It'll do like, you know, your heart rate and activity tracking. Those are things that other... Well, I shouldn't even say that because your iPhone will track like your steps, I think, if you don't have an Apple Watch. But like heart rate and other vitals, like that's a new thing on on the Apple Watch, for example. The Vision Pro will do, it will enable some things that other, uh, that, that other devices can't do. Or at the very least, you know, if you have like some uh, AR kit uh, experience, maybe you could do it on an iPhone or an iPad, but it will be a completely different experience to have it on something in your head, which I guess is sort of an example of the second thing, which is, you know, doing the existing things in a new way. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm really – here's the thing for me. This is my question. I honestly don't use my laptop a ton these days. I have my work laptop that I use for work, uh, obviously. But but my personal laptop, I, like I'm trying to think of like what am I going to do with this thing. I think the biggest thing for me would just be the media consumption, like being able to – watch something on a big screen in a simulated private theater basically like this thing on an airplane sounds incredible it's going to be a bulky heavy thing to carry with you on the airplane but if you're sitting on an airplane this sounds like an incredible thing and maybe maybe it's worth it you know for that just to be on a on a on a flight and you just put this thing on and and you know you're you're in your own world but but I don't, I don't know about my day-to-day, like as mm-hmm. far as, you know, using it as a second monitor or like using apps on it. I'm not sure what I would do with it. And maybe that's because, you know, there's, there's going to be new things that you can do on it that you couldn't do or new ways of doing things uh, on it that, that, that will, you know, come up later. 
But at least for now, like that's my main question with this thing. What am I going to do with it? I've been wondering the same thing, to be honest. I don't really know. Like, and that's a good point about the Apple Watch, right? That was the first, you know, you could do health tracking and like workouts. That was kind of one of its big new things. And it ended up being a really key part of what makes the Apple Watch so popular. Vision Pro doesn't have that same everyday capability, right? Because you're not, at least I'm not planning on walking around in public with this thing on. I'm not trying to get either robbed or beaten up because yeah. there's no way that you're going to walk around with that on and not get, it, at the very bare minimum, verbally harassed, right? Like, yeah. it's a little goofy. But what I'm thinking is at the end of the day, when you want to just unwind, wouldn't it be kind of nice to sit down on your cat couch, lean out, put on a streaming TV show in a massive screen, get your messages on that same screen, respond to them, look at all of this stuff, all right in front of you, in your space, all around you. You don't have to like crane your neck down at your phone or put a laptop on your lap. You're just sitting in comfort, doing all of your normal stuff easier. See, that does sound nice. But my question becomes like, how much better is that than me sitting on my sofa and I have a 65 inch TV, Mm -hmm. 4K, whatever, and and a, uh, a sound bar with a subwoofer. It's a decent audio system. It's not surround sound, but it's a decent audio system. Like sitting, like lying there and watching that. And maybe I have my phone or my laptop on the coffee table in front of me. But like, I agree that the situation that you're describing of, you know, putting this Vision Pro on, whatever, sounds very nice. And like, I could go up, you know, I could go in my bed and like lie down on my bed, fully lie down and, and you know, stare up at the ceiling and, and still have all this stuff on. Like that sounds very nice. But then there's the question of like, if this thing's heavy, you know, is it gonna, is it uh, like, the, you know, the heaviness and the eye fatigue and mm. the like, I gotta have my AirPods in so I can't like, you know, that's like, I can't lie on my side when I have AirPods in cause it like, whatever. So it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's 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 yeah. gonna be a trade off. And maybe, maybe it is, it is better. It is better with the Vision Pro, and, and I'll love it. But that's my thing that I'm like, you know, I haven't experienced it yet. And even in the Apple Store, you can't necessarily have that full experience. So it's like I just don't know. And that's it's exciting, right. but it's also a little bit. I don't know if scary is the word or like whatever. But like, if I'm gonna buy this thing and I don't even know, you know what I mean? It's like, what do I do? No, I think that's a good point. And and even, you know, as I'm saying this stuff out loud, I don't know that any of those things necessitate or justify even a $3,500 purchase like that. I mean, the thing, the thing that I am very curious about that I will absolutely need more time to explore is almost setting aside nearly every f- piece of tech in the Vision Pro, can you use it as a massive monitor? And is that alone 
reason to buy it. Yeah, I could definitely see that being a killer feature. Maybe not for me personally, because I like my one monitor setup and my 16-inch you know, monitor is good enough for me, honestly. But like Fair. for a lot of people, and definitely for you, like video editing, and you know, you have a bunch of different windows open and, and whatever. It's you know, maybe even if your script open and, and other applications, whatever. I could see that being a big selling point, maybe even a killer feature or the killer feature. So yeah, how is that? How exactly is that going to work? How well is that going to work? You know, that's an important question. Yeah, no, I, I I wish that there was more that we could speculate on to try to figure it out, but it is, it is really hard to tell. I really don't know. I, I personally have been very optimistic because, because I just think that Apple is the company that would do this right, but there are a lot of these things that we keep seeing over and over again that I'm just like, oh, hmm. I don't know. Like, okay, here's a here's a couple comments, right? Two-hour battery life. That's a bit of a pain. There's the weight issue. You know, it's 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 not a small thing. The other thing that you mentioned that gives me pause is having to put in your AirPods. As much as I would love to just pop that on, sit down and watch an absolutely gigantic screen while sitting in like the middle of the woods, right? That looks incredible. But I'm either listening to it from the built-in speakers, which no matter how good they are, are going to be a downgrade over a surround sound setup. Or I'm using AirPods, which, and not even AirPods Max. I'm a big over-the-ear headphones type of guy. I can't do that long with earbuds in. So am I going to be able to even make it through a movie before the battery dies, before my nose hurts from the weight, and before I'm uncomfortable from the AirPods? These are all pretty valid concerns. Yeah, and like to be clear, I'm not trying to like rain on anyone's parade or like, you know, anything like that. Like I am genuinely excited about Vision Pro and the idea to me of like sitting on an airplane and putting this thing on like i when i when i sit on the airplane and i'm on the airplane i usually use my laptop and it's like an extremely cramped experience like i have to literally like you know shove my elbows like down under so that i can have my fingers reach the keyboard it's like very whatever it's not it's not a great experience uh but whatever i can use my laptop it gives me something to do but the idea of being able to put the vision pro on and you know, have this totally uh, isolated experience. Uh, you know, you have your giant screen in front of you, your own audio, whatever. That sounds incredible. And that alone might be enough, depending on how much travel I do. I think I'm going to do a decent amount of traveling next year. So that sounds like an incredible thing uh, to have. But again, you know, it's the concerns that you had. Like when I travel, I always use these, you know, these Bose over-ear headphones. Uh, I just, they're, they're just better than airpods i love my airpods the over ears are just better so if if i have to use airpods with this thing it's going to um 
I'm trying to think of the the right way to say this. It's going to degrade the, mm-hmm. the the overall experience. At least the audio experience is not going to be as good as it potentially could be. And, and whatever, just you know, things like that. You know, if there's enough enough uh, things that add up to where it's uh, you know it just becomes you know too much of a problem. I hope that doesn't happen. But again, we have to see. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's weird to be so excited and so nervous at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like it's not usually the case for Apple products. Maybe new product categories, but like usually it's it's this is this is different. It's different this time, I think. Yeah. No, and and there was actually a comment earlier which was amusing. Somebody said the difference is this is only the second product, the second new product to come out with um, Apple Silicon. But that's actually not true because this, this would be the third. There was the Apple Watch. That's a new product category with Apple Silicon. But the iPad was too, the A4 chip. It was the first Apple Silicon. So I don't necessarily think that Apple Silicon is inherently a, a guarantee of success, but I do see their point. We are now in the the post-Intel age. Even though those might have been products that had Apple Silicon, those were the Intel age of Apple, and we're now beyond that. So I do see that point. And it does kind of make you wonder, like, I think Apple has to some degree learned from some of the blunders that they've experienced. And I think they understand that this is a product that really needs to be a finished product. Yeah, I mean, it's their it's their first and only impression. You only get one first impression. I shouldn't say it that way, but I should say you only get one first impression uh, to do this. And if this is going to be the future, as you know, a lot of people think it is going to be, then they really want to nail it the first time. And it seems like, you know, they've obviously put a lot of effort into building this thing, but like, yeah, there's still so many, so many unknowns, so many things that that they haven't told us or that we haven't experienced. That's why, dude, there's gotta be an event. There has to be, right? I... I do wonder, like there, there are so many questions. There's like so many things that we don't know. And a lot of them could be answered by a better or more detailed product page. Like as this thing gets closer to launching, I think they're going to, you know, give more details about the thing and we'll get it. But like I could see, so, okay, I wanted to go back to that a while ago. So I'm glad that you brought it back there. I'm wondering, <laughs> you know, there's usually a March event. Could there be a March event when they announce the, you know, maybe some other stuff, but also they announce that the Vision Pro is going to now be available? Will they move that event earlier or will there not be an event at all? I don't know. Gosh, I kind of love this, though, at the same time. You know what I mean? All of this, what's going to happen? What's it going to be like? I feel like a lot of the last couple of years of Apple stuff have been maybe a little bit more predictable. Like take the new iPad rumors, for example. I don't know if you saw those earlier this week, but 
basically the the gist of it is at the moment a new 2024 iPad Pro I don't know if we're calling this a new generation, but there were rumors that it might feature a different design with a slightly larger screen. And by slightly larger, I mean 13 instead of 12.9 inches. Um, yeah, I know. But then having an OLED display and a new magic keyboard that's aluminum or something, a little bit more okay. MacBook-like. And to me, that kind of doesn't really do anything for me, you know, I, I hear a rumor like that and I think, okay, it's maybe it looks a little different, has a couple features and an OLED display. Nice, I guess, but like it doesn't really expand the iPad out of the existing population of people that, that buy them, right? There's, there's definitely people that use the iPad and are iPad diehards but I don't think that group of people is is growing that quickly anymore or at all. So to me, that t those rumors definitely felt like a little, okay, cool, bit predictable, bit obvious. And then when they come out, I'm sure it'll be like, okay, yeah, just, just buy the old one if you need an iPad. Yeah, when I heard those rumors, I was like, oh, good. I get to keep my current iPad, my 2018 iPad for another year. It's like... Sure, if you're going to buy a new iPad, it's nice stuff to have. You know, in a year or two, maybe they'll do something worth buying and then you'll get those features that are being announced this year. But, like, yeah, it's – it's like, I don't know. The screen's already good enough for me. I don't need, you know, an, an OLED display. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but I don't need an OLED display on my iPad. Right. You know, I'll pass again. Yeah, I don't know. It's so tough. I and, and I think a lot of people saying that they're going to wait for the second generation. That's honestly probably the best move for Vision Pro. I think waiting for a significant iPad Pro has been the move for a while. Like caution is never something to shy away from. You know, I do it in all things except for Apple. Stuff comes out AI. I'm very cautious about it. New cars come out. I'm I'm cautious about it. Everything, except Apple, I'm cautious about. But with Apple stuff, I always dive headfirst in. Sometimes I do regret it though. Like my studio display, God, terrible value, terrible value. Yeah, and I mean like, at the at the very least, you'll get some content out of it. You know, whatever it is, I'm sure you'll get right. plenty of content out of the Vision Pro. So that gives you at least, uh, I don't know, an excuse or 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 something to to help with that. But I don't know. Like, am I am I gonna buy the Vision Pro on day one? Like, realistically, probably. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that actually scares me, or or that makes me a bit nervous, is I don't know if it will be possible to return this thing, or at the very least. Mm. If you return it, like if I have some like custom, I'm going to need custom lenses in my Vision Pro to work, you know, because I have to wear glasses. So if I if I get these custom lenses, can I return those or do am I just stuck with them? Maybe that's a couple hundred dollars and I can return everything else, but I'm stuck with those. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the additional. Like I ended up returning the original Apple Watch that I bought. It just wasn't really worth it for me. If I knew that I could return the Vision Pro, I would buy it 
you know, no questions asked. And I would, you know, take the two weeks and like really, you know, test it. Hell, I would go, I would book a flight to visit you just so that I could try, you know, using it on a plane, which is my ideal use case that I can, that I can think of right now. But I don't know if, if the return policy doesn't work, you know, if you can't return like a custom component or whatever, you can't return something you got engraved. That's, you know, I understand that, but you can't return it. Is this going to be the same policy? That's the thing that kind of scares me uh, about, about, you know, buying to try. So I would imagine, so aren't the lenses removable with magnets? They go over the lens. Yeah. So perhaps those individual components, like I'm assuming that would be an additional thing that you would have to buy. Yeah. But so maybe those wouldn't be returnable, but the rest of it would be, or that, that's what I think. But those yeah. lenses are probably going to be at least a couple hundred dollars. But for the remo- the removable lens piece. So okay, I'm not super familiar with the prescription lens scene, but how custom are they? Like I thought it was like you could have like like negative two point five, negative three negative 4.5 like aren't there different steps so maybe they'll offer maybe like you just put in what each eye is like left and right and then it maybe there'll be like the same components that could work with multiple people you know what i mean and then it would be returnable yeah yeah i mean i think that i think i uh uh like that it's measured in like increments of 0.25 so they could have yeah and my eyes are not that bad my eyes are I want to say they're like negative 2.5 or, or negative some, something like that. They're not they're not that bad. So maybe you're right. Maybe for you know the relatively common ones or the ones that aren't like super severe or whatever, maybe it will be returnable because it, it is just a little a little you know piece that you attach magnetically. But again, that's like one of the the, the dozens and dozens and hundreds of questions that we just don't know. <laughs> literally. It's the thing Ugh. that like, and it's just, it's just one thing in particular that, you know, came to my head where I'm like, if I'm going to return this thing and you know, whatever, maybe let's say it's a couple hundred dollars and let's say that you can't return them. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to risk it. And the worst case is I'm stuck with these things. I can try and sell them or I can keep them and like stick them in your vision pro when I come visit you or something, you know, who knows, whatever. So maybe it's still worth it in that case, but I... Uh, it, it's, you know, it's just one of the questions that I have. It's one of the, the big questions, uh, that I personally have. So I don't know. I don't know. Dude. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's so many questions. We've been sitting here for like 30 minutes, just asking questions. It's, yeah. it's actually crazy to me how like we have not had this with an Apple product since maybe, maybe when we thought we were going to switch to Apple Silicon, right? That uh, WWDC 2020, we had a lot of questions about how it would work then. But I would honestly say that this is is more. I think that there's more unknowns this time than there was with the Apple Silicon switch. I agree, because like at the end of the day with Apple Silicon, there were definitely questions, you know, definitely around compatibility and like, you know, maybe what the devices mm-hmm. that they go into would look like. But at the end of the day, you know, they were still going to be Macs. They were still going to run Mac OS. They were going to look, 
relatively similar. In fact, they were going to look identical in the beginning. So yeah, which we didn't know necessarily, but but you know that was you, one of the you, questions. You can, you can guess, but like okay, Vision Pro. It's like you know. Uh, our, our 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 longtime viewer, a cool guy, brought up the uh, the question of like two hour battery life on a plane. Well, okay, when I'm on a plane, like the plane that I go on, uh, whatever they have, uh, you know, outlets. Each seat has an outlet, not particularly powerful, uh, you know, wattage or whatever coming out of the outlet, but there is an outlet. Can you charge the Vision Pro battery pack and use it at the same time? And will that outlet be enough power to keep the Vision Pro going? indefinitely while you're on the plane i'm sure when we get that answer it'll be like oh duh of course you can charge it while you're using it it's it's uh you know uh, whatever of course you can charge it while you're using it but like we don't know and like the answer could be no hopefully it's yes probably it's yes but we don't know it's like there's just so many things like that that we just don't know and 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 they're not telling us yet dude i yeah it's uh, you just don't know is the question of the night. Yeah, it basically is. But we are in a very fortunate position now where we don't have to wait that long to find out. And I really wasn't expecting that. I have a trip planned for January, and now I'm like a little nervous about that because I don't even know what is going to be required to purchase this. I don't even think it's going to be you know, go online, add to bag, you know, configure. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to go in, in store in some capacity. I hear that there's like limited availability. Like you're, maybe you're going to have to apply and go in, try it and then buy it. Like I've heard a lot of rumors about this not being a normal purchasing experience. Yeah, my theory, this is total speculation, but my theory is it's going to be an iPhone style wake up at 5 a.m. one one morning, but mm-hmm. instead of, well, 5 a.m. Pacific. Now that's you too, 5 a.m. Pacific. I know. You ready for that? No, I'm not yeah. excited for that part. I know. It was, it was pretty bad, uh, pretty bad this year for the iPhone, but it's going to be a wake up early and, and it's going to open, but it's going to be schedule an appointment maybe you put a down payment i don't know like some some amount of down payment as a like a reservation or whatever but you're Mm going to pick an appointment time at a store and then you go into the store and they're going to do a whole thing to like you know you try it out they fit you whatever and then you buy it it's going to be i'm sure that the the down payment will be refundable if you decide you don't want to buy it you get the refund and and you leave whatever but like Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be that you schedule a time you physically go to the store and you do a whole thing and then at the end you buy it if you're going to buy it i don't know how the lenses are going to work maybe those have to be shipped to you hopefully not but i think that's how it's going to work it's going to be a whole a whole uh a whole show yeah yeah, I'm. A, it's kind of weird to me, honestly. I mean, I'm here for it all, right? You know, this is this is my literal job, so I'm here for it. It's fun, but I do I do worry a little bit though, because I I know I believe in the Vision Pro, and I think that you believe in it too. Like we're definitely here to give it a fighting shot, but yeah. I do worry that it's gonna struggle to break through to the mainstream with that price tag. I mean, 
you know, give it a couple of years, I'm sure they're going to get the price down on like a more limited version of it. But is it too late? Are people going to actually find it useful? Huh? Yeah, I definitely think this first one is not going to be for the general public. I think most people are not going to buy it. And I think most people are probably going to make fun of it or, or maybe not mm-hmm. actively make fun of it, but like look at it and think like, oh, that's like kind of a goofy thing, whatever. But yes, I think eventually, you know, give it a couple of years. If we get a vision, like a non-pro version that's, you know, less expensive, more generally available, maybe that, maybe it'll be as good as the first one, but, you know, a couple of years later. So the, the current vision pro will be even better. But like if they can get it down, uh, and make it more accessible. I think I think this one's gonna. This is a long term plan for Apple. And Apple works in long term plans. They don't do things for the short term. They do things for the long term. It's a long term plan. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, this is the first one. This is the 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 initial uh, attempt. The first impression that they get. And and so there's a lot riding on it. And and it's and it's exciting for us. It is exciting for us for sure. I'll tell you what's not exciting for us for sure. What's that? I think we gotta. I think we gotta end the show. Oh, geez. But I'll tell you what is actually exciting for us. What's that? Is that next week we will be doing the show in person. We'll be we'll be oh. together in person. We sure will. That I'm excited for that because we've done a couple in person shows since you moved to California in 2021, but. It's been a little bit more tricky to do that. And now I'm hoping that we could make it somewhat frequent. Yeah, I definitely like now that you're so relatively close, like so relatively close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's believe me, it's much easier to hop on an hour flight than, a you know, five hour flight. So, uh, yeah, that's true definitely it will definitely we'll definitely be doing more in person but next week will be in person uh so make sure to tune in for that because it'll be a lot of fun and make sure to tune in for this incredibly well executed segue to the outro for tonight's podcast which is happening actually right now i've been your host luke miani and i've been your host noah rubin thanks so much for watching and we'll see you next week have a great night